Keep talking. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Um, I probably should have told you this before now that uh, technology is allergic to me. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't fare well whenever I try to use it. Uh, my name is Keith Doster. This is my wife Sharon, and we just heard um, a little bit about the plight of the deaf. I'm. There's a fine line between being blunt and being rude. Uh, I, I, I will try to be blunt without being rude. As has already been said, the deaf have been neglected by the hearing for centuries. There was at one time in the evangelical community in the United States the idea that because faith comes by hearing, the deaf had been abandoned by God and therefore we had no obligation to even try to reach them with the gospel. They couldn't hear it, therefore they couldn't be saved, therefore we don't need to be concerned about them. Isn't it astounding uh, what, the, what, what Satan can do to thwart the gospel? Uh, message. So here comes here comes the blunt part. In order for the deaf in Mexico to be able to comprehend the gospel message, which I assume we all agree is the only means by which a person can be saved, whether they can hear or not, if we are going to reach them, and I'm speaking for Grace Deaf Missions, if we are going to reach them, we need money to do that. I'm sure you have heard multitudes of missionaries to give their spiel and to tell you that uh, they need funds in order to reach somebody in a faraway place. Uh, they don't even have a language written down. You've heard these things. All those things, or the vast majority of those things are legit and good and right, and we should support them in that work. However, it is my conviction that a deaf person who is 15 years old, who has never had a conversation with another person in their entire lives because they have no language because they cannot speak, they cannot hear, they cannot write, they cannot read. And in some cases, in some extremely sad cases, they are never allowed to leave their bedroom for their entire lives. How do you reach a person who doesn't even know that he has a name? How do you reach that person with the gospel? We are in the process of establishing a school. You say, well, that's not evangelism. Well, you can't evangelize someone who has no language. You can't evangelize someone who has no vocabulary, no words in his head. That's, that kind of person lives on an island, a deserted island, in his own head, in his own mind. There, there's no one. He, he is abandoned and left to himself. Even Helen Keller said, if I could choose 
between being deaf or being blind, well, let me ask you, which would you choose? Would you rather be blind or deaf if you had a choice between the two? Most people say blind, and Helen Keller said no, said, said, I'd rather be blind than deaf. She said, blindness separates you from things, but deafness separates you from people. And so you live alone. We need to build a school. We have teachers that are already teaching, but they don't have their own school space. They have, they have a place where they can teach, but everywhere that uh, Alberto and his uh, teachers, his volunteer teachers have gone, they've always used uh, uh, a space given to them for free. And the space has been taken away from them because it belongs to somebody else. We would like to eventually have a permanent place that Grace Deaf Missions owns so that Alberto can teach without interference for the next 30 years. We would like to eventually take some of those who have been educated and, Lord willing, as, as he saves different ones, that we can eventually plant a church. Now, to have a church leader come from the deaf community, from someone who didn't know his name, how long is that going to take? How much training? How much instruction? How much reading is he going to have to do in order to become a deacon or an elder or a pastor? This project will last longer than I will live. This is going to take decades in order to establish a single deaf church unless the Lord does something utterly extraordinary. It will take decades. Now, that's not to say that he hasn't already done some pretty extraordinary things. Uh, he took a pastor and, and his wife from Pennsylvania and started a deaf ministry in Mexico, and I don't even know Spanish. I mean, how does that happen? I, who, who would have thunk you know, that that would ever happen? But uh, in 2019, after six years of traveling back and forth uh, and having uh, weekend conferences for the deaf, we decided, and it seems that it was very timely, we decided in 2019, December of 2019, that we were going to hand the reins over to the team that we have established in Mexico. And I said to them at that time, we don't want this to be an American ministry in Mexico. We want this to be a deaf ministry, a, a Mexican ministry to the deaf in Mexico, and we'll, we'll try to make sure that you get the funding to do, to do the work. Uh, Omar Vasquez and his wife Francis have been doing that work. And in two years, even in the midst of COVID, uh, they have been able to do more and reach more deaf people than we reached going once or twice or three times a year in six years. And I'm going to invite Omar to come up. He's, he has put together a uh, PowerPoint presentation that he's going to have to, have to run through uh, in order for you to see what kinds of things are taking place in Mexico. And before he does that, thank you for allowing us to come again. This is the second or third time I think we've been with, us, with, with you. We have been, always enjoyed your fellowship, and we certainly appreciate your prayers for us. But again, send us money. 
so we can so we can do what we do and so that we can do more of what we've been doing the lord has blessed it and will continue to do so and we we just invite you to uh, join us in this ministry to what i consider to be the most unreached of the unreached people in the whole world now you get to break the technology Does everybody hear me well? Yeah. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a, I don't know, a technical issue. Or something. Well, well, this is our mission. Uh, obviously, we knew about this just by a, casual, a divine encounter in, in uh, Mexico. I was just passing by uh, Presbyterian Church. This is what uh, Keith found us up. Can you hear him all right, everybody? Will that make a difference? Hello, hello. Uh, better? Uh, damn. <laughs> and, uh, and Keith was there uh, just showing the ministry. Um, and I was shocked. And I said what Many of you will say now, in a few minutes, I never thought about that. Because uh, you will see us, uh, if you remember how you started to read, uh, you heard your, the voice of the teacher, and you repeat the vowels and the uh, syllabus, and then you say, ah, now I can start reading. Um, but what happened with a person who is deaf, who has never heard a word? So they are really removed from the possibility of hearing the and understand the gospel. So uh, I will go through our story. Um, Grace Missions is a missionary enterprise that focuses on the development of communication skills among the deaf community in order to establish bridges of communication through pictures, movies, and of course, sign language to let them know the blessings of the gospel message. Since many deaf who live in Mexico do not know sign language, this is a long-term effort which needs a lot of prayer, resources, and convinced by faith collaborators to develop this task without being discouraged. Um, and this last part is what we face every day. Um, some people have joined our team, but after two, three months, uh, they just quit. So we know this is a long-term ministry and I specifically choose this image of a Catholic church which is called the the expiatory yeah because 
95% of the uh, whole Mexico population is Catholic. So when a, a deaf finally understands the gospel, like he decides to get baptized, he knows that even when he, in many occasions, they live in a very, very um, difficult uh, family. That's the only help they had. And they know that when they got baptized, they will, it will be seen as turning their shoulders or their back to the family. So they have to be really convinced that they, they have believed the gospel and they start walking by faith. Um, uh, Kit uh, started traveling to uh, Guanajuato since 2012, two, three years, two, two, three times a year. But obviously, it was uh, this consumes a lot of resources, and it was very difficult for us to um, to gather the death. Mm, by the way, uh, we st- uh, we started to having this conference on. Uh, I was helping to translate Kit into Spanish, and then other guy was translating into Spanish to sign Mexican sign language, and. Uh, uh, we started the, the meetings in a ev- evangelical church, but then uh, we realized that the dev uh, stopped coming because they were criticized by their families because they w- were entering into a, a evangelical temple. So um, they, we decided to move in a hotel room, and we had those meetings there. Uh, these are ones of the uh, very first meetings there back in September uh, 2013. And uh, uh, these are one of the very first meetings on a hotel room. And this is one of the meetings we have in a, in a Baptist church in Mexico showing this necessity. And this is why uh, this is not a presentation. This is a whole 60, 70 person people trying to learn sign language. But none of them are with us right now. This is, this is a very long-term ministry, a, long, a, a lot of effort. And so much people wants to see uh, quick results. We want to be. We want to have um, people joining Bible study, but how can we uh, reach people who doesn't understand a word you're saying? Uh, they don't have even sign language. And something very important of this ministry is that people, not young people, people from. Uh, 50 years old, 60 years old, they haven't had a conversation in their entire lives. Uh, when they come to the knowledge of communication, they, they realize that things have names. 
that people have names. That they, they have a name. What a wonderful discovery for them. So, um, uh, this is the last uh, time he went to Guanajuato, to Leon, um, to have uh, this meeting in a in hotel room. In that occasion, there was no room for us, so uh, we decided to do it, do it in our dining dining room. But then, in 2019, December um, 2019, Kit wisely said, "Why don't you Mexicans who are have been following us all these years?" Why don't you be responsible of this ministry? We cannot travel forever. But we will be with you coordinating, approving, uh, supporting financially. And so we started to travel on bus. And then when we arrived in to Leon, we started to move in a band that was uh, already there for the serving of, of this ministry. And we started in December 2019. So we, we passed from Gracias Missions to Misión Gracias a los Sordos in Spanish. So, um, well, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin, begin doing. <laughs> so we started working, visiting the deaf, and this is Coco, our first fruit from León. And uh, this is our some brothers and from uh, Salamanca. I will go to that story there, American team. You too. <laughs> and the Mexican team is Carlos, which is uh, the driver, my precious wife, Frances. Our official interpreter, Noemi, and me, Omar Vasquez. As, as I mentioned, an interpreter means that Francis and I decided to take responsibility over this ministry without knowing sign language. Now we are learning. We are learning sign language, but we don't handle perfectly. So we need an uh, interpreter to help us. Um, and uh, Alberto and René Alcantar, by the way, Alberto is the one mm, very first deaf that was in contact with Keith. He was a hero in the States. Uh, learning sign language, uh, having some um, educational course. And he knew the, the gospel through, through, Chris and Sharon, through Chris, uh, Keith and Sharon. And then he came back. And this is why we are, uh, he lives in Leon. That's why we are uh, in this area. Uh, he joined our team. Uh, Miriam Saldana, which is mm, uh, taking care of the children. Marian Suriz Valencia just recently uh, came to our team. And Jorge Blas. Um, but now I want to focus on uh, some key stories we have um, that perhaps enlighten you regarding how the, the death lives in Mexico. And this is not a story only for Mexico. I guess this happens in all over Latin America. Um, this is one of the very first meetings in, in Leon, and I choose to put this specific p 
picture because this guy from here, in the middle, um, he was, he is one of the students of Alberto's school for the deaf. For in that time, he started to lose his sight. So he started to be blind. And the only way he could uh, keep communication with his family is because his other two brothers, which were deaf also, uh, started to sign in the palm of his, man, of his hand. So he understood what they were saying. Um, those who are healthy don't need a physician. But those who are sick do, said our Lord. And we have came to cases really disturbing in some cases. For example, Luis, he passed away um, in this January, December past year, last year. And he was a healthy man up to his theories. And then he, he was found with something in his head. And, and when he went into surgery, every time he went to the surgery, he lost, he lost one uh, uh, sense. So first he became deaf, then he became 80% blind, then he, uh, he couldn't move, and then he started to be in a wheelchair, and started to lose uh, the movement of, of his uh, left hand. But he, uh, when we arrived to him, he was Baptist already. Uh, he had recognized uh, the Lord uh, as his own, only Savior. But when we found him, he was thinking about suicide because uh, he was a tremendous burden for his family. Obviously, his family loved him, but uh, he was just desperate. And he finally recognized that there was a purpose for, for, for his condition. He found the, the strength to, to keep living. And when we now find uh, any dev with this uh, complaining about his condition, complaining about the lack of job uh, or whatever, we said, look at him. There is always someone who is worse, in a, in a worse position than you. And he was thankful. And in, in one of his, the last meeting with him, he started to sing. I found love and I found it in Christ. But do you know how hard is for a deaf person to remember a song that was learned when he was a child. But he treasured that song 
as something special. And that was the testimony for us that he was saved. He was a true Christian. Um, the story of this um, couple is when we met Brenda, she accused uh, her um, husband that he was he was beating her and treating her bad. And the truth is that when we approach this situation, we don't know exactly what happened because uh, in many situations that are hidden for us. We don't, know, we don't know exactly what's happening. But we pray the Lord that everything come to light and eventually it, it comes. And uh, the truth is that he, she abandoned him and went with a new boyfriend. His discouraged husband just was praying, praying for her. And we started to exhort her and telling her, you need to come back to, uh, with your husband. What you are doing is wrong before the eyes of the Lord. She eventually uh, recognized that that was a sin. And she came back home. And, but she came back pregnant. But this guy was able to receive her and love her and love this child as he adopt him as his own. And when she got baptized, uh, he, uh, her husband told my wife, Thank you because of you, I have a family, a new family again. So, and we have, for example, Lucero, which uh, she's a single mother and she uh, doesn't have a good uh, mobility of her left hand. Uh, she suffers of a uh, partial paralysis and uh, uh, once she was so discouraged she uh, she didn't want she didn't have uh, the the job she wants she was alone she didn't have money and so we decided to take uh, take her our home and my wife uh, started to pray for her teach her how to cook uh, some uh, pies and desserts for, to sell and train her. And now she has, uh, she's always facing something new, but we are there for her. Um, actually, she has just signed a contract for a new apartment to, for rent. And then suddenly uh, the other woman came and said, uh, this is my apartment. Oh, but I have sent uh, a contract. But he's not the owner, I'm the owner. So now she's in the middle of a 
um, a legal situation that we need to hurry to get back and help her with that well, with this. But this is the, the situations that the deaf always face because uh, people take advantage of them. They know that they won't, they, they are easily deceived. This man here is Ricardo, who also decided to get baptized. And because uh, with the help of uh, Mario and Suri, uh, he was taken to the special school to start basic uh, school. And he started to read and to um, started to vocalize, verbalize some words, and do some math. Uh, one plus one, two, and something like this. Very easy. Uh, I don't know. Do, do they look deaf? Uh, how does a deaf person look like? Hmm. Yeah. When we see um, a blind person enter into our church, we, are, we easily know that this person needs some help, and we are prone to help, right? But the problem with the deaf is that you cannot recognize them unless you see them signing. But uh, they appear to be mm, pretty normal, but they have just, they just uh, doesn't understand what you're saying. They, it's very difficult for them to manage themselves among hearing people. By the way, one of, one girl that was uh, flocking with us. Uh, her story is that once she was a, in, in, a, in a party with hearing people, but she wanted to present herself nice, so she started to start, uh, start at someone else and stare at someone else and uh, I started to laugh, and and this other girl said, "You are laughing at me." She keeps laughing because she didn't understand a word. Well, the other girl and three other people beat her, and when they saw her almost dead, they took her to that damp. Uh, place and forgot her, thinking that she was dead. Uh, and these are the stories of the deaf. Um, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> this guy, Sa Saul, uh, discovered that we were preaching the gospel and the Bible stories in, in um, Robert, um, Rodolfo's house. Um, this guy and then uh, he immediately said oh, please uh, 
keep me in con- uh, put me in contact with these uh, with these friends. I want to learn more about the Bible because he was um, raised, uh, raised by a Christian family, and he recognized that his family was different from other people. Um, they took him to the to the church. But the problem is that nobody explained him in sign language. So he wanted, he just wanted to know more about the Bible. And immediately when we arrived there, uh, there were about 12 deaf people waiting for us, ready to, to, to see what we have to, uh, we have to say about Jesus. And I felt like I was Peter going to Cornelius' house. <laughs> and, well, but mm, we have so many problems in deaf community. And, well, I just want to share with you some other photos. Mm, this is Albert School. And they just recently moved to a, a partner uh, church in, uh, in Leon. But they don't. They don't have a uh, a place where to stay for uh, permanently. This is one of our uh, projects to allow him to keep teaching deaf deaf people how to read and read and sign language and and live poverty. The problem with Deaf people is that they cannot. Uh, it's difficult for them to study uh, and get a career and and function normally in the in the society because there are so few channels of communication and so few uh, people interested in them. And we want to score, encourage this school. And definitely, our one of the projects is to be a Christian school for the deaf, uh, teaching them uh, how to read and write through the Bible and uh, showing them the gospel. And we had recently, these are the baptisms we had uh, uh, three weeks ago. And uh, as a summary, there is a lot to do among the deaf community in Mexico. Some of them have believed the gospel and have been baptized. Starting to walk by faith. However, there are others, too much, too many, who haven't learned Mexican sign language. Waiting to establish a communication bridge to see the gospel message. Uh, as you can see, this is our one of our kids' um, classes. And all what we have is a floor and some pictures to uh, fill in color. Um, but we believe that we are planting seeds. And we we walk by faith. We know that we cannot change things overnight, but the Lord will. And this is what will keep us 
working there. Um, Keith, please come. I don't know if you want to share some final words to close. Yeah, sure. Did you want to show Patrick's business? Mm, oh, I, I took it off. Uh, you took it off? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> because of the time. <laughs> okay. Is, this is, may I use this one? Okay. Um, one, one of the problems that, uh, that we have when Omar uh, presents for us is that he uh, talks even slower than I do uh, because English is not his, his first language, obviously. Um, and so uh, at the first church that we did a, a presentation to, uh, we, we completely ran out of time. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that you enjoyed this. We, our first goal, our first priority in working with the deaf is to communicate the gospel message to them in a way that they can understand it. Uh, if you shared the gospel with me in Chinese, uh, you might as well just stop talking because I don't know Chinese. The deaf in Mexico, uh, if, we don't, if we don't teach them first how to sign, then they're not going to understand anything. We have to teach them to do that, and then we have to communicate the gospel through not just sign language but pictures, lessons, stories. Uh, they have a difficult time uh, grasping concepts. As long as you're talking about physical objects that they can see, not a problem. But then explain uh, justification. What does that look like? Well, you can't show a picture of justification. You have to explain that process through pictures, through stories. This is what this is what has to take place in order for us to be made right with God. Uh, we're going to be, Lord willing, we're going to be doing this for, like I said earlier, for decades to come. The problem that we have that Omar has witnessed more so than me is just uh, the dropout rate. Yes, this is great. Yes, I want to do this. Yes, I want to learn sign language. And six months in, sign language is really hard. I don't think I want to do this anymore. Uh, thanks, but I'm going to go do something I know how to do. And so who suffers in that situation? Well, the deaf do. And I'm, I'm getting kind of old, so I don't know if I've already said this. So if I'm repeating myself, it's, you know, it's just because I'm old. Everybody we talk to at some point, when we talk to them about the needs of the deaf, usually one-on-one, -on -one, they will come back eventually and say I never thought about that if we don't think about this then the people who get left behind are the deaf because they can't learn to hear the deaf cannot learn to hear they can't hear and they can't learn to hear we can hear and we can learn sign language and so the burden is upon the hearing. We've been trying to put the burden on the deaf for hundreds of years. Well, they can learn, they can learn to read lips. Well, they can you know, read closed caption on the TV. Well, they can do this and they can do that, but the last thing that's going to happen is I'm going to learn sign language. I, I think it's an absolute miracle that the Lord put it on my wife's heart to learn sign language for the sake of the gospel to the deaf. 
And that out of that one moment in 1998 or something like that, I don't even remember, has grown this small ministry to a very small group of people who, again, are further removed from the gospel than any other group in the whole world. And I talk to hearing people about this, and the, the 100% response I always get is, I never thought about that. We have to think about this. We have, there are tribes in Papua New Guinea that need to be reached. They don't have a language. You have to do their language and teach them how to read. And all. The exact same thing has to be done with the deaf except that the deaf don't have any base to work from. How do you carry on a conversation with someone who has no vocabulary? How do you think without words? They are way lost, way separated from anyone communicating the gospel to them in a way that they can comprehend it. So again, I just ask you to get behind us in this work, support us, encourage us, pray for us, uh, give these guys. We work on a shoestring. I mean, we. this is a shoestring operation. Uh, the money that you give to us is not wasted uh, on steak and uh, expensive shoes, okay? It's spent on groceries for the deaf who are poor. It's spent on hearing aids. It was, much money was spent. We actually built an apartment for a couple whose house was damaged, a deaf couple whose house was damaged in the earthquake. And every time it rained, there was a hole in the middle of their apartment and all the water that fell on the roof, all the water went to that hole in their living room. Mold, mildew, asthma, all kinds of problems. And the Lord blessed us enough to be able to provide them a nice home to live in. This is, this is the Lord's doing, and it's through the help of hearing people that see the need and trust us to reach the deaf with the gospel. Thank you for your support, for your prayers, for your encouragement, and for your overflowing gifts uh, that, that, that you're going to give us today. <laughs> Let me pray. Father, thank you for this time together to... to remind ourselves that one of the marks of Christianity is mercy. That on that day when we meet the Lord Jesus, he will say, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was sick, I was naked, I was in prison, and you fed me and clothed me and visited with me. And surely the deaf could be added to that list. I was deaf, and you came and you explained the gospel to me in a way I could understand it. We want to be in that group of people who, whose mercy towards those who suffer is evident. Bless the work of our hands, Father. Use us for your own glory. Use us as the means by which you draw deaf brothers and sisters to yourself. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. No, 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 you didn't say that. All God's people said, Amen.
Thank you. Thank you so much for that presentation. Humbly, I come up.